Some decisions are easy. Would you like some ice cream? Yes, please. Some decisions are hard, like, so you're saying you want a divorce? Or so you're saying we need to put dad in a nursing home? This week, I had to make some decisions quickly. I didn't get to do any research. I had to go actually with my gut. You see, I thought I might be having a heart attack. I wasn't really sure, but I knew I had some pressure in my chest, and taking a deep breath was not as fun as it used to be. Now, luckily, starting a podcast is not life or death. By the way, I got better. But we put so much pressure on ourselves that seem to make podcasting harder than it needs to be. So today, we're going to kind of back up. We're going to put down the stress and put down the pressure and examine how to make some key decisions about your podcast. And so while this applies to podcasting, it also applies to good old-fashioned life. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, confused, not sure where to go in podcasting and in life, well, stick around. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so very much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to me. I deeply appreciate it, and I'm not going to waste your time today. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you are looking to start your podcast, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join and use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And for the record, that is not on my website anywhere. That coupon code is for you because you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. Now, before we get into decision-making, somebody who made a great decision to start the Fish Nerds podcast is Clay Groves. He's been on this show many times. The great thing about Clay, if you get somewhere in the vicinity of Clay Groves, you will eventually have a smile on your face. He is such a great guy. I love it when the good guys win. And, well, check out what's going on with Clay because of his podcast. Hey, Dave Jackson. Clay Groves here from the Fish Nerds Podcast. How are you? You asked me to kind of send in a little bit of a voice memo here about because of my podcast. So here is my latest because of my podcast. A couple of years ago, maybe less than two years ago, I was recruited by a local radio station here in New Hampshire to do some voice work and some production work. It's called a utility guy at the radio station, a little bit of everything. And I broke my back for a couple of years, worked really, really hard for them. And then last week, something magical happened. Here, listen to this. There's so much to discuss, so little time. We have much to discuss. Yeah, let's not discuss that too much. What are you talking about? Why don't I just start? It's already off to a great start. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, mission accomplished. (laughs) It's Clay and the Magic Morning Show. Yeah, that's what happened. I am now the program director and host of the Magic Morning Show on Magic 104 here in New Hampshire. It is the number one morning show in the state. It's a top, top 40 station, and I don't know how I got here, but here I am. Because of my podcast, I am a top 40 DJ running the drive time Monday through Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. live radio show, and the program and music director here as well, all because of my podcast, which gave me the training I need to speak on mic, edit stuff, and uh, work hard through low pay. <laughs> so that's it. Because of my podcast, I am a full-time uh, jock. Now, I guess that's what we call ourselves, jocks. I'm the program director 
on the biggest morning show in the whole state of New Hampshire. So Magic 104, if you want to check it out, comedymagic.com. And my podcast is The Fish Nerds. I'm the chief executive fish nerd of The Fish Nerds podcast. Thanks, Dave Jackson, for all you do. Oh, I love it when the good guys win. And Clay is such a good guy. Check him out, fishnerds.com. Links in the show notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 775, because today is episode number, you guessed it, 775. So from time to time, I see people in different Facebook groups and Reddit and all these other places, and they're really, in my opinion, in some cases, overthinking or over-processing, getting their podcast up and going. So I went out to our good friend, Uncle Google, and did a bunch of searches just on the basic sentence, how do you make decisions or how do you make good decisions? And here's kind of what I found out. It boils down to five basic steps. Number one, identify your goals. So that could be want to start a podcast or something of that nature. Step number two, you gather information for weighing your options. Step number three, consider the consequences. Step four, make the actual decision. And sometimes that's the real scary one. And then step five, evaluate the decision. And so number one, identify the goal. Well, that's good. That's that's sometimes fairly easy. But gathering information for weighing your options, I see people get stuck here. They just keep gathering and gathering and gathering and gathering so that you never actually, you you never even get to consider the consequences or you're afraid of the consequences. But I do want to talk about gathering the information because it's not just a matter of gathering information. You need to gather information you can trust. One of the hardest decisions, luckily, I didn't have to make. My father had colon cancer, and it was myself, my older brother, and his sister, my aunt. And this doctor came in, and at the time, sorry for too much information here, my dad couldn't poop. And uh, they said, well, uh, we could do nothing. He's got he's got this tumor. We could do nothing, and uh, he will die a quick, painful death. Or we could do, and I forget what step B was, it will be a slower death but less painful. Now, I don't know if you noticed, both of those ended in him dying. And so they left, like, which, you know, pick one. And we're like, well, well, luckily at the time I was married to a nurse. And this is where you have to realize you need somebody who's been in the game before. And so she looked at me and I looked at my aunt, I looked at my brother and we're like, wow, this is not a good, like, there's no good decision here. And she said, well, has anyone asked for a surgical consult? And we went, what's a surgical consult? And she goes, that's where you get to talk to the surgeon. And I'm like, oh, so the doctor came in. We're like, can we have a surgical consult? And to make a long story short, he gave us an option C, which did not include killing my dad. And so we actually had him for a few more years. And actually, he was fine. He just said, oh, what if we go in and cut out the cancer? And if there's enough intestine left, we'll uh, we'll tie it back together. So when you gather information, you want somebody who's got some experience Because I think one of the problems we're running into right now, and we'll talk about this a little later, is if you gather too much information, you can kind of overwhelm yourself. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is consider the consequences. And the problem is when you consider the consequences, so many times when we start off a podcast, you think about the audience, 
And I, I hate to be Dave Jackson dream crusher, but when you first start off, you don't have one. Unless you've been doing a lot of stuff before you came to podcasting, you probably don't have an audience. So don't worry about the audience. There isn't one, but that will then be followed by the fear of, oh my gosh, people have actually started to listen to me. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to pull out my buddy, Ryan Parker, who has one of the best phrases ever when it comes to podcasting. And that is, if you're worried about what's going to happen, no one will punch you in the face. And as you look at just some of the decisions you need to come up with, you have to go through when you make a podcast. The first one is the name of the show. Then you get into things like the format. Is it going to be a solo show? Do you, do you have a co-host? Are there guests? Is it all of the above? The artwork, the gear, the media host, the website platform, the schedule. Am I going to use music or not? And those are just a few. And realize once you make a decision on those, you, you're kind of done. Except when you evaluate that decision and go, ah, yeah, we probably shouldn't have called it the schnaf, 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 schnaf show because nobody knows how to spell that. That is something you can do, but you can always go back and change this. I My little catchphrase for this is your podcast is a recipe. It's not a statue, but that doesn't mean you want to blow off these decisions and go through and just wing it unless, of course, you really don't care. And that's one of the things you have to decide. Is this a hobby? And I'm really just doing it for fun. I don't even care if anybody listens. I have a show like that. It's called Building a Better Dave. It is really just an audio diary. And if you listen to that or not, I don't care. I, For me, that's almost my therapy. I just put things out there. It's a little bit like a diary of just cataloging my life. If you listen, great. If you don't, don't care. That's just for me. And if that's the case, then decision-making is super easy because you're just going to do what's right for you. But if you're trying to do this to represent your brand, or maybe you're using this to drum up some business and make some money with it, well, then you do need to put some thought into this. But there is a case of putting too much thought into it. Now, I appreciate the fact that you are you care about your audience and you're trying to make that perfect podcast, but realize the perfect podcast does not exist. What? Say you, Dave, aren't you teaching people to make perfect podcasts? No, you can make a really, really, really good podcast. But I'm here to tell you, somebody who's getting hundreds of thousands of downloads, if you ask the person that made that, they're going to go, yeah, I, I really probably should have taken some more time on that. And if you try to make it perfect, you're never going to launch. You're never going to publish anything. Let me give you an example of how thinking about too many things can actually cause some problems. I found this great TED Talk that features a blind psychoeconomist, Sheena Lyongar, and she found this store. She, she kind of specializes in decision-making. And so she found this store that specialized in having tons of choices. And what do I mean when I say tons is they had 348 types of jam. Can we just pause for a second? 348 types of jam. Unless you're Michael Jackson, where it just ain't too much for him to jam. It ain't too much for me to jam. That's a lot of jam. Okay, so they, they did two studies, one where they put out six different flavors and one where they did 24 different types of flavors of jam. Damn. And first, and this was right when people were walking in the door, so they got tons of traffic. 
more people stopped when they were 24, about 60%, than when they had just the the 6% or the six jams out there, which about 40%. So you had a 20% more when there were more options. But then they said they had the opposite effect because if you think about it, what's the goal here? The goal is to, to get that desired result. And in this case, that's make a decision. How many people actually bought some jam? Damn. And that actually said it went up more of the people who stopped when there were 24 options in front of you, only 3%. There's that old 3%. Now, if you're new to the show, I always say that when it comes to making a product, when it comes to maybe having people join some sort of membership, I say, you're going to get about 3% of your audience. And there's that magic 3%. So they said of the people who stopped when there were 24 different types of jams, only 3% of them actually bought a jar of jam of the people who stopped when there were six, just, just six, not 24, just six options. They said they saw about 30% of them actually bought a jar of jam. And so realize I'm saying now that when I'm going to say something, that's going to sound kind of controversial here. I'm starting to think that as much as Facebook groups are for me, I go there to see what people are talking about. This particular episode that you're listening to right now is based on things I've seen people talk about in Facebook. And I'm like, you know, I think we need an episode on just how to make a decision. But I also see people that come in and say, hey, what's the best media host to use? And they end up with more than 24 jars of jam of answers. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm not really sure that's going to be that much helpful because what happens? They get 20 million different, hey, try this, try that, try Fred's media hosting company, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, they don't choose any because they've gotten too many options. So realize that, yes, you want to do research and you want to take a little bit of time to make an informed decision. But there is a time when too much information will actually start to hurt you. And so one of the things that can be helpful that I have found in my life is to determine what the goal is. And then in some cases, it's it helps to determine what you're not going to do. That makes life a little easier when you say, okay, I'm going to do a podcast about such and such. We're going to talk about such and such. We will not talk about blank, 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 and blank. So that way, when you go to, what are we doing for an episode? Well, I know we're not talking about this stuff. That leaves me this. So in some cases, if you have a ton of information, go through and say, all right, who are we not doing? When I was the podcast director for the New Media Expo and I got a blue lotus of of, of just people submitting to speak. And for the record, I never looked at their picture. I only looked at the form they sent in. And I think that is a good process because if you're worried about bias, based on race, if their race isn't on their paper, you don't have to worry about it. And one of the things I would go through is, first of all, if they didn't fill out the form correctly and they didn't answer all the things, that was the person that I'm not going to use them. Because if you can't follow the directions, you're not going to follow my directions when I say, oh, by the way, no pimping on the stage. So it made that choice easier by going, nope, you're out of here. So you might look at your podcast 
when it comes to making episodes, when it comes to the format, when it comes to whatever those decisions you need to make and say, okay, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed here. What I what do I know that I'm not going to do here? What is off the table? What's I'm not going to? And by doing that, it can actually make you feel like, number one, okay, I just made a decision. And that can actually then kind of get some momentum going. Now, something you want to keep in mind when you are making decisions is when to make the decision. And one of the times you do not want to make a decision is when you are fueled by emotions. Emotions are great, but they can also sometimes lead to some really bad decisions. My last episode, I kind of go, hmm, that was fueled by emotion. I had been basically been getting beat up on the tech support line over technology, not from the company I work for, Libsyn, but from Apple. And if you listen to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 774, and it's me going over all the things that at the time were wrong with Apple and over time will get fixed. And then I think, huh, maybe that episode is going to end up being obsolete. So then why did I record it? I was kind of more of an emotional decision than a logical one. Another question I see often in Facebook is, hey, are you using a podcast editor? And so I bring this up. This article mentions when it comes to making decision, be aware of social pressure. If you're doing something because, well, everybody else is doing it, that's really not a good way to make a decision. If you have time and you want to go through the skill of learning how to edit a podcast, you can do that. If you have more money than time, by all means, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash edit and let my team edit your podcast. And if I have a couple different programs there, if you don't see the one you want, let me know what you need and I will make a custom package for you. But be aware that you, you know, so-and-so bought this $500 microphone and they've got this $600 processor and they spent $2,000 on lighting and they're doing YouTube and they're doing this is like, Hey, you know what? You don't have to do that. Be aware of social pressure when making podcast decisions. Now, if you need help with this, there actually are a fair amount of apps. It turns out I just did this research and I'll have a link out in the show notes at school of podcasting.com slash seven, seven, five. There are a bunch of apps that you kind of put in some criteria and they will help you. The one that I hear the most about, and this isn't an app, it's actually a person and that's called the good old Ben Franklin. Now, Ben Franklin was one of the founding fathers of the United States And he had a super simple process, and it kind of works. If you take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on the left-hand column, you put pros, and on the right-hand side, you put cons, and then you just brainstorm. And at the end of it, you kind of add it up, and the ones that have the more pros or cons, that's how you do it. Now, you there are apps now that will say, okay, this is a pro, but is it a is it a little pro, a big pro, a huge pro? You know, so they kind of add a little weight to some of your answers. Keep in mind that you can definitely have paralysis by analysis. And in the end, you're going to make a decision. I know that wasn't your best. It just wasn't. Uh, You thought this, the information said this and yada, yada, yada. I'll give you an example. I today went to, I, I go to church and I was trying to take the sound from the soundboard into a Zoom meeting. And on paper, it looked great. And I said, hey, I I need to go in and test it. 
and I went in and I saw what cables they needed, but I didn't actually test it because I was busy not having a heart attack. And so Sunday I went in, plugged everything in, and yeah, you guessed it, it didn't work because there was a button on the board that needed to, you know, the little hoochamathinger, if you unplug that and plug that one in, yeah, then it would work. So that was, you know, some might say a bad decision to go home because I was not feeling well because I went from the hospital to the church to hook this up thinking it would take two seconds. And I just was like, oh, yeah, this is easy. The output goes into the input. We're good. Sometimes you go, yeah, you know what? I should have spent the other three minutes and made sure I was getting sound to that. Sometimes it happens. And you know what? You improvise. So what did I do Sunday morning? I took the the USB interface out. I used the built-in microphone of the laptop and I sat in the middle of the service so people could see and hear. And from what I heard, it was like, eh, not great, but it was good enough. And what did I, and then I went back, I did my testing and I'm like, oh, we got to click that little button there and we will be good to go. So, and, and you know what? Again, as far as I know, at least not by the end of the Sunday service, no one will punch you in the face. And I can say that now applies to church. In a minute, I'm going to tell you about a real-life example I'm doing using these kind of strategies. But one place where you will not get punched in the face is the private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcasting minds at the School of Podcasting. Now, in addition to getting access to that Facebook group, you also get access to step-by-step tutorials that will walk you through your idea all the way up to submitting it to places like Apple and Google and Spotify, as well as live group coaching. So if you have any questions, you can just come and ask me. And those are scattered from Saturday mornings to Wednesday evenings. And then we have Friday afternoons so that no matter what time zone you're in, hopefully I'm hitting you. And of course, you always have me via email for support. And I will often reply with a custom made video. You're not going to sound stupid. You're not going to spend money on equipment that you don't need. You're not going to be alone. If you're ready to start your podcast, I've been doing this for 16 years now and I can help you. Simply go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join and I will help you plan, launch, grow, and if you want to, monetize your podcast. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. All right, so a real-life example, and I mentioned this a while ago, that I was planning on moving the School of Podcasting from Thinkific. Thinkific has been fine for years, but uh, kind of behind the scenes, it's not on their front page. They have a thing that when you sign up for Teachable, it's X amount of money per month, and then there's a little asterisk that says, oh, by the way, when you get over a certain number of students, we're going to charge you for that. And I saw my bill go up because I started offering a free course to learn how to use PodPage. Check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash learn PodPage. I didn't realize that there was a limit to the number of free students. And so my goal is to move to another service that does not penalize me for being successful because I like this strategy of freemium. Let me give you a free course. I just had someone today said, hey, I'm almost done. What's What else can I do with you? So I like the idea of a freemium, and I, but, but I don't like having to get charged for it when other people are offering that. So this is another point I want to kind of bring out is you have to figure out what do I want to do here? 
because for me, I'll give you a real expensive uh, example. I used a video tool that was, I want to say $80 a month, which for some people is like, yeah, I got that on my couch cushions. For me, that's, that's something I got to think about. And to make a long story short, I signed a year contract with them and started contacting them about six months in saying, whatever you do, do not renew this. And I actually use a tool now called Loom. You can find it at loom.com. It's $15 a month for the plan I'm using, and it does exactly what I want. Now, did this other program do exactly what I wanted? Yeah, And then it did all this other stuff that I was paying for that was like, ooh, look, it's shiny. And ooh, this one comes in yellow. Now it's purple. Ooh. And you're like, yeah, okay. I don't really care what color it is. I just wanted to do. So be careful with the shiny new object. And so as I was looking at moving the school of podcasting, there are a bunch. And the first thing I had to do was figure out what am I not going to do? And I said, I know there are cheaper options out there that have the features that I need, but I don't want to be somebody's guinea pig. Now, that may be a bad decision, but that was my decision because people are like, oh, there's this thing on AppSumo. And, and I was like, nope. And I looked at it. I gave it an honest shake, but I was like, nope, that's not something I'm going to do. I don't want to trust my students into a company that's fresh out of beta. Don't want to do it. So that was an example of that. And then everybody kept telling me about Kajabi and Kajabi is in my opinion, maybe a little overrated and definitely overpriced. I just went, and again, maybe not overpriced, but they have a lot of stuff that I go, nah, that's okay. Because when you have one company that does everything, in my opinion, some of those things that they do are not exactly great. I'll give you an example. I looked at Kajabi's private, what would be the private Facebook group. And I looked at it and went, uh, yeah, 2001 call. They want their bulletin board back. And so I prefer, I know it sounds weird because it's so nice to have everything under the hood under one place. And I'm like, I don't think so. So I started narrowing it down. And right now I'm down between Podia and Thinkific. And both are emailing me on a regular basis. And I got to tell you, here's something that I actually polled my audience and said, would you ever leave Facebook to go to a group? And most of them said, uh-uh. And I found a tool that I think is so much better than Facebook that I might actually start using it for maybe a, a different type of application. It's called Circle. That's actually pretty cool. So uh, I then had to look at the consequences. What are the consequences of moving from Thinkific to, let's say I go to Podia or Podia or however you want to pronounce that. Well, I'm going to lose somebody. Somebody I'm going to say, because I have to either A, and this is why I don't do this very frequently, here are the consequences. I either A, leave everybody paying me through the Thinkific thing, which is actually through Stripe. So I can cancel my Stripe account, and I don't think it would cancel them. Or I'm sorry, I could cancel my Thinkific account and keep them on Stripe, because behind the scene, that's what's doing that. Move to a different account, but then I have to monitor in Stripe when somebody cancels so I can cancel them. It's a mess. Or I cancel everybody's subscription, go down to zero income, and then give them a coupon to maybe sign up at the new thing. Yeah, either way you cut it. So those are some consequences I have to figure out. Then eventually, I'm going to make a decision. 
And so I'm down to two. And what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm making a new course right now. Just, I might even make a fake course and I'm going to build the course in each one so I can get a, a taste of their interface. How easy is it to build a course? What kind of stats do I get? Things of that nature. And once I get through there, I'm going to have to make a decision. And I realize that no matter what I do, when I choose one, the other one's going to either come out with a new feature or there'll be some new platform at all. Eventually you have to just pull the trigger. Maybe not the best phrase to use in today's world, but eventually you have to, you know, go in and realize that it probably isn't going to be as good or as bad, or it's not going to be exactly what you thought it's going to be. You're going to get surprised one way or another, and that's fine. And then you evaluate your decision. And I would highly doubt with where I'm at right now with this, that I'm going to look, you know, move to one platform and go, ugh, because again, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm really gathering that information. I'm looking at the consequences and that's where I have to go. Let's go apples and oranges here, consequences. So I'm going to lose a couple subscribers who are like, "Ah, I don't want to go through the hassle. Is that worth having a better platform that in the long run will allow me to have more students and not have to pay through the nose for them. And I'm like, well, in the long run, yeah. One thing to keep in mind here and what I'm doing with me, because I kind of felt like I needed to move this quick. You don't have to always move quick. Now, be careful. You don't want to get stuck in that loop where you're constantly gathering information. But do realize that the world has existed 17 years without your podcast. And I do see people that make mistakes. They're like, ah, I just wanted to get it out there. And I understand that because you're just one of like, I'm so close. There's, there's nothing. It's mm, boy. I got to watch how I say this. When you're this close, you're almost there. You kind of, there's just a time when you're like, I just want to be done with this. And so I get that. But there are many times that that decision of like, "Ah, I just need it out there was not really the best decision that goes back to again, making decisions based on emotion. But sometimes, you know, if it's a big decision, like it is for me in my case, it doesn't hurt to take a little extra time to make sure that you're going to make the best decision you can with the knowledge that you have at the time you have. And I've actually interviewed other people who have used other platforms and I'm pretty happy with where I am now. And I think once I actually start to use these platforms a little bit, I will know. So I hope today helped you with making decisions. And again, sometimes you just have to figure out what am I doing here? Am I stuck in gathering information? Am I too frightened of my consequences to actually make the decision? And that's really the bottom line. You got to get to step number four, make that decision and move forward and realize a lot of people get this backwards. They think I need the motivation to make the decision. And I'm here to tell you when you make the decision and you start to see things happen, that will then motivate you to keep going. So if you need the motivation to start a podcast, uh, I know, I know I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be telling everyone to start a podcast. If you don't have the motivation to start a podcast and you're kind of dragging yourself in kicking and screaming, don't start a podcast. It, it just typically, that's not the kind of person that has success. It's the person that's like, I will talk about this for free. I just want to help people. I want to get the word out. That's the person that will get their podcast off the ground. If you're coming in and you're saying, hey, what's the thing I can talk about that will grow the biggest audience in the shortest amount of time and make the most money? That's typically not the right attitude. Before I get out the door here, I do want to thank everyone 
who I put a post on Facebook about myself going, putting myself in the hospital yesterday. And I had a bunch of people jump out and say, Hey, hope, you know, we're praying for you and things like that. I just want to say thanks for the support. And uh, as I mentioned, the good news is there's nothing wrong with my heart. And here's a really weird thing. I just tested this. I I was over at my brother's house. I'm kind of taking it easy because basically, you know where your rib cage is? Uh, you know, yeah, you probably have heard of it, <laughs> but where it comes together at the top from that point down to really my belly button, I've, I've just ripped the crap out of every, uh, stomach muscle there is. And if I look in the mirror, it's really strange. It doesn't show up, but I went to my brother's house. He said, okay, hey, let me see your stomach. So I pulled it up and I have two holes there where I climbed through this window and it, it scraped my stomach up and he goes, man, you're, you're a you're walking bruise and the whole, like, especially my upper right underneath my boobs is kind of light green. My heart, it looks like Mike Tyson punched me in the heart. I just have all these different bruises. And if I look in a mirror, I'm not sure why, if it's the lighting in my bathroom or whatever, but I think primarily it sounds weird. And if you are someone who's, who's enjoyed putting a few years under your belt, my brother, who is uh, six years older than I am, said, this is the deal. You can do something that will probably hurt you, but your effects are then delayed, like in my case, bruising or extreme bruising. And he goes, and then it takes much longer for it to heal. And he goes, getting old is just a peach. So I think that's what's going on. I wasn't having a heart attack. I just had really, really uh, shredded up my stomach by climbing through a back window because I locked my keys. I locked myself out of my house basically and thought I was 16 and decided to climb back through the window. Turns out I'm not 16. So thanks to everyone and the well wishes. And uh, I am much better at teaching people how to start a podcast than to climb through a back window. And I'll be talking more about this whole situation on my building a better Dave show. If you want to check that out, betterdave.com and If you need help with a decision, like, hey, Dave, that whole gathering information, can I use you as a source for gathering information? That's really what I love to do. My background's in teaching. I love helping people get going in the right way. I help people. I love to help people overcome their fear. That's one of the things I really do love when somebody's like, ah, nobody's going to listen to me. And then six months later, they're like, wow, people are listening to me. And I'm like, yeah, I told you. So thank you so much for tuning in. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you want to start a podcast, you can just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join and use the coupon code listener. And if you are listening to this on a phone, you can just text SOP to 31996. That's SOP to 31996. You can follow slash subscribe to the show. And the next time a new episode is available, it will come on your app. I do not text you. You will get one text from me and that is it. So if you're worried about having me spam you, I don't do that. Of course, you can always do that at the website as well. Schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care. God bless. And here comes a boatload of bloopers.
And uh, if you have any ideas for topics for the show, I would love to hear that. And I'm not going to put that in there. It's 12. I think we're up to 15 calls to action. Pull the string. Pull the string? No, you don't. You pull the trigger. What? Pull the string. Where did that come from? And I don't know. 1992 called. They want their billboard back or their bulletin board back. Ah, crap. I blew that line. You still have to know what they want or at least have a good idea. And I'm riffing and I don't know what I'm talking about. Jam! 